You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of Between You and Me the podcast where we talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in the music industry and in the church. My name is Jessica Morris and as always I am your host and I am so happy that we are back after last week's surprise episode where we talked to Jack Gillies from Hillsong United. We are giving you essentially the third episode in two weeks which is mind-boggling and I'm really happy so I hope you enjoy this and it sustains you over the next normal two-week period until you hear our next episode. I promise you it will be worth it. Now today's episode is with a really special guest, Zachary Ray, who is an upcoming artist that I'm really excited for you guys to hear. But before we get to that, as seems to be average normal every single podcast episode now, we have news and drama to address. We recorded last week's episode before we heard news about John Christ. And look, we don't want to go into too much detail about it now because it is quote unquote old news, even on, though honestly, sexual assault allegations, it's never old. It's always, it's always happening. It's at the forefront of our culture, in the church and in society in general. So it's not something we can throw under the rug. We did address what actually happened with John Christ last week on our social media. So if you would like some more details about what happened, uh, if you're interested in our response to it, please just go and check out our social media at instagram.com forward slash between you me pod. I wrote up a statement on it. Um, we had some really good feedback and I'm really grateful for all the survivors um, of sexual harassment and abuse who came forward uh, and just said thank you. And also to so many of the men in the industry who said thank you as well. That meant an awful lot. And um, the fact that there were only a few people who complained was very surprising, but made me very, very hopeful. So all I have to say, believe survivors. On to something more hope-filled and happier. Today's guest is Zachary Ray. Zachary is, well, we'll call him Zach because he's our friend now, right? Yeah. So Zach is an upcoming singer-songwriter, but he has been in the music industry for over 12 years now. Zach actually went to Berkeley Music School, which is mind-boggling in itself, but he spent the last nine years or so in Calcutta, India. If you recognize the name Calcutta, that's because it's where Mother Teresa actually lived and worked. And while he was there, Zach actually helped to run a music school. So he has this really interesting story about the crossing of cultures and also how he started his family in a different country. Now, Zach has obviously been singing and training up musicians for a long time, but this is his first recording. He released his song Refuge last month, and it's a song that's really poignant because it's actually about how he and his wife lost their daughter before she was about to be born. It's really heartbreaking, but Zach has this amazing story and real genuine honesty where he just he just opened up in our interview and talked about why he chooses to share this and why he chooses to sing about it. He also just dropped the single Chloe's Song, which is a song for his late daughter, which is also extremely beautiful. So this is a heavy episode, but also a really hope-filled episode because Zach and his family just have an incredible story. And this man has something so, so good and worthwhile to bring to music. Heads up for all our friends who are new. You will hear a short bio about Zach before we go on to our interview. Consider it your rundown so that you know what he's accomplished and where he's from. And then we'll dive straight into it and you'll hear some of his gorgeous tunes. The sound of Zachary Ray's debut single, Refuge, have been years in the making. And while it's tempting to say it all started 12 years ago, when Zach moved to Calcutta, India, the seeds were planted long before then. Zach is a pastor's kid, and he grew up singing in church in his hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. Zach still had a knack for music that went beyond what was ordinary, though, and he went on to study at the Berklee College of Music before being offered a position at the Calcutta School of Music. He spent the next nine years teaching aspiring musicians in India. Calcutta is best known as the hometown of the late St. Mother Teresa, but during the nine years Zach lived and worked there, it also became his home. He established a company, 
Chi-Town creatives to train vocalists and musicians in the region. While working in India, Zach met his now wife Amanda, and in the space of a few years, they fell pregnant with their first child, Chloe. Heartbreakingly, Chloe passed away before she was born, and the family experienced a new sense of isolation and abandonment more than ever before. A physical distance and isolation from family and friends in the US, but also a spiritual isolation from God. After welcoming their second child, a beautiful baby boy, into the home two years ago, Zach and Amanda moved back to the United States, and Zach was finally given the opportunity to record his own music. Without a second thought, he knew what he had to write about. And after sessions at Dark Horse Recording Studios in Franklin, Tennessee, he created his upcoming EP. His lead single, Refuge, explores the solitude and comfort we find in God, even in the midst of our greatest despair. The song hit the top 50 in the iTunes Christian Gospel Charts on the first day of release, and has since been followed up this month with Chloe's song, an anthem for his little girl. Without sidelining his own pain or the realities of this world, Zach uses his story to reveal how God became his tangible refuge in the midst of his darkest time. I spoke to Zach about his incredible story, and he told me why he felt compelled to share the story of Chloe, how grief shapes our faith, and how his time at Kolkata shaped his music. This is a very, very cool upcoming artist. Guys, meet Zachary Ray. Let's start with the very basics. For people who have perhaps never met you before, who is Zachary Ray? Okay. Um, so Zachary Ray, he is a singer, um, a worship leader, uh, grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, oh, I love Boston. Yeah, it's it's an incredible city. I'm a, a bit partial just because I grew up around there. I studied there at um, in Berkeley College of Music, so I studied music business. Um, from finishing my studies, um, you kind you kind of you know you study music and you're like now what? Um, I got an opportunity to to uh, to actually travel to India, and so I had a um, you know India is a huge part of my life. Um, music is a huge part of my life. Jesus is a huge part of my life, um, and you know family and friends are just a huge part of my life. So if you could kind of like package package Zachary a little bit it would be Jesus family music you know friends and that's kind of who Zachary is I like that I'm like if you can put a person into a box which you can't but if you could that's what it would look like and I really like that (laughs) I mean there's 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 a little bit more but if those are the main the main main thing so you just released your single refuge yes um which i was listening to before and i really enjoyed um i don't know if that's right right, because i know there's probably a lot of pain that went into the song which we'll talk about so i don't want to make it sound like it's really light and joyful but there was something about it um that was really cool because it had like this element of there's this element to ccm where it's like really clean cut and really like smooth and slick and there was an element of having that but you had this and it must be like your musical background and your education in it, like this really cool electronic thing and like yeah. a depth to it that you don't always see. That that was just me listening to it like a few minutes ago, but I really enjoyed it and Thank really liked you. it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Could you tell me a little bit about your journey to creating Refuge yeah, and so, what it actually means to you? Yes. Um, and so, I mean, it's – and also like Refuge, it's it's kind of like the first song that I've actually – out there for people to to congratulations yeah so it's it's and it's also me just kind of figuring out like you know um Zachary as as an artist as a musician and just the journey that I've gotten here because I've I mean I've been leading worship for years my my father's a pastor um and so you grow up in the church leading worship and doing different um musicals and different things like that and so I think um you know, the journey to writing Refuge, it's, it's, there's, there's definitely a, a, a painful journey, but also um, kind of rediscovering who, um, who Zachary is, who he is in, you know, my relationship with Jesus, who he is as a follower of Jesus, who he is as a husband. So there's, there's a, there's a journey. And so it, I think I shared a little bit about, I went, went to India, um, and that was in 2009, my first trip and um through just kind of like two month trips three month trips um I really felt 
the Lord just asked me to kind of keep my feet planted there. And that's just something that, you know, you know, just, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm just like, make it really clear, Jesus, what I need to do. And sometimes, sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's like, all right, let's make a guess or, um, but it's so, so my journey, my life, um, led me to India and, um, uh, really just felt like God was saying, keep your feet planted here. And so I moved, I officially moved there full time, um, the beginning of 2011. And I moved to Calcutta, India. And um, I've, I've been in Calcutta since maybe five months ago. Um, and so it's been quite a long time. And that's, I mean, obviously, I've made trips back to America. And, um, and so kind of to keep like the whole story short, I, I worked with um, musicians in India. Um, I met my wife in India, and she's, um, she's a photographer. And we met actually in a city called Jaipur. Um, and so she, yeah, so she's, awesome. she's American. Um, we, we got engaged in front of the Taj Mahal. So that was like, pretty cool. So India has just a really, um, just a huge part of our story. And so kind of the journey leading up after Amanda and I got married, we, we were in Calcutta and we worked at the Calcutta School of Music, just teaching vocal classes. We also helped um, kind of start a company called Chai Town Creatives. And that was basically a platform to help musicians and artists in Calcutta to basically get a better platform to get recognized for their art or their music. And so that, that was a big part of what we did. And then I volunteered at a local church leading worship and helping with the choir and so it's kind of like the the um, compressed package of our journey in in India and so 2016 was you know it started out as just like a really exciting year because we were teaching at the school we were starting this company um, we had great relationships in India and in Calcutta um, and then it was also the the kind of the year that Amanda got pregnant. So we were expecting our first baby and just all the emotions that, that go into that. You're just, you're just excited. And so you're excited about life. And so towards the end of the year, um, <clears throat> Amanda was in, in her third trimester. Um, there's no negative thoughts. You're just thinking you were, we're living in India. We're going to have our baby in India. Um, just incredible doors are opening for work in India. Around the third trimester, Amanda became um, a little ill, and so we checked her into the hospital. Everything was fine for for two days. She was in there, and then as we were checking out of the hospital, um, we went in to have just one more ultrasound for just to make sure um, Chloe. So her name's Chloe, um, our baby. Um, just to make sure everything was okay, Amanda laid down on the on the um, bed the ultrasound technician came in was checking and that's kind of when um, basically that moment our world just kind of like flipped flipped on its head and kind of just crashed and everything and um, the technician couldn't find Chloe's heartbeat and so oh man I'm sorry you know I can like I still hear like pretty clearly like the words of, of the ultrasound technician. And we had no immediate family that was in India at the time, although we had like really great friends and then friends that we consider family in India. Um, we were just kind of just alone, Amanda and I, and that, um, and that was just like, kind of just like when the, our world just kind of like crashed. Um, you don't expect things like that to happen. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's just, it, it was just, yeah, a pretty, crazy and devastating time for us. Although I will say like through that, as Amanda was laying down, she, um, she told me a, a few weeks later after Chloe passed away that she clearly heard before the technician even walked in, she clearly, clearly heard God said, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And so that was, that's kind of what like where <laughs> that I cling to is yes, I, I do trust you mm -hmm. through through everything, God, through um even though sometimes, you know, the plans I I don't associate with love, because you always hear like God is love, God God has has his plans, but you know, um those are the words that, that we kind of clung to. So 
anyway, Chloe um, passed away. We had to wait a few days because because Amanda actually had to deliver Chloe um, naturally, and so um, super heartbreaking and and just um, just really devastating. The the church that we attended actually had um, a plot of land in a cemetery, and so they gave us one. We had a memorial service for her, and normally in India that 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 doesn't happen. The hospital usually takes the baby's body, but we really wanted to just honor Chloe and just have a memorial service and basically um, bury her. So the the church and our friends were really incredible. They took care of kind of everything on that side so we could just focus um, just on on us. Um, Amanda's mother was able to come out, so she flew out kind of two days later after Chloe was delivered. And so our, our firstborn... Baby girl, Chloe West Ray, um, she's born, delivered in India, and um, we buried her in India. Um, and so basically refuge is kind of just <laughs> kind of straight out of my journal as far as like, it's something that, um, you know, I just wrote about. I just kept on writing and just kept on questioning God and, and, and asking God just, um just really tough questions at that time because it um you know you always you always feel like if you if you hear the voice of God and and I really really do believe he called me to to kind of stay put in India and so I you trust him with that and then when things happen um just you know devastating things happen you really begin to question like you know are you good say like it grief is just like a really interesting thing because um I shouldn't say interesting it's just yeah it's just some it's a weird thing that's 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 what grief is to me and you know it's not something that you um immediately get over and it's something that you I, and I I really don't believe it's something that you like overcome like when people say like um you know we had a lot of friends that were really kind to us during that season, but there are also words that I wish they didn't like speak to us. It was just like, just say you're praying for us and just leave it as that at that piece. Because um, you hear all the, the typical, you know, God's in control or like um, all the tip, typical, I don't know, Christianese lingo when you go through dev- devastating times. And so it's just something that I, I don't, I don't think grief is something that you like, you overcome, but it, it, it becomes a part of your story, I guess. And, uh, and it becomes, and I, and I, I say this a lot that you, you're never the same person. Once something devastating happens, you never come out of it as the same person. You, if you allow it, you become a different person. And sometimes you become a stronger and much better person. If you allow that, that process of, of grief, sometimes people don't come out stronger. I asked a ton of questions to God. I asked a ton of questions to you know, just conversations between Amanda and I. But yeah, Refuge was birthed out of um, just that season. And actually, like currently the song that I, I, I am writing and I am releasing, it's it's all about that season. You know, it's all about my doubt. Um, it's all about, you know, do I trust you? Trust you, God. Um, and so really the, the most kind of just the, the the most special song that will come out is Chloe's song. And that's literally just about our baby girl, Chloe. Yeah. So refuge is, you know, 
in the midst of chaos, um, in the midst of, you know, people trying to comfort us, God truly um, became my refuge. It was the only thing that, you know, hey, if if you're allowing this, God, um, I'm going to cling to those words that you told Amanda on, on that bed before um, we were told. Chloe's heartbeat stopped, and I'm just going to trust you. And that looks different. Like, it, I go, like, in and out of seasons of, like, I really trust you. And sometimes it's like, eh, do I trust you? <laughs> or, like, um, and so it's, yeah, I just, I think we have to, like, with that, um, not everybody's the same. You have to allow people to grieve how they see fit. You can't push people to get over things. How has your... I don't even like saying the idea of God because he's he's so much more than that and like your mm-hmm. lifeline yeah. when this happened. But how has your perception of God changed from like the moment you found out that you guys were pregnant with Chloe to now? How has this journey yeah. changed what you know about God, if anything? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I mean, I grew up in church. My grandfathers are both pastors. My uncles are pastors. My father is a pastor. And up until that point I mean I lived a pretty like joyful life nothing too terrible happened um and so it's easy to trust God when you know when everything seems okay it's easy to say you know I'm a follower of Jesus when things are okay through this I really you know I look at it as like my relationship with Jesus just became a lot deeper because I started having, you know, more, more questions and not just, you know, my relationship with Jesus was just something because that's what I was born and brought up in. But I really started to, you know, question, yeah, question God a lot. And I think that's good. Um, You know, whatever you believe in, I think the more questions you ask, the better. And so my my relationship with God just um, became a lot deeper, more meaningful. I've had like more open conversations with him. I think my perception of God is that he he is good through everything, even when it doesn't seem like it. And even when you just hear, you, you know that he loves us, but, and even when it feels like he doesn't, um, he does. And so I think my relationship with God definitely became a lot deeper. But more, I don't know, it, it more personal, I guess, as far as like you allowed this to happen. Um, and so we have, we have some things to talk about, God. How has sharing your story and Chloe's story um, given you and your wife strength or even ownership? Because I can imagine with like in, in any circles, but Christian circles, we love to fix things yeah. and we love to be like, God's got this, it's going to be okay because we so desperately want people to feel good again. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't work like that. No. Um, so how how has Refuge and it's like you guys taking the story and saying this is our experience of it, how has that given you and your wife strengths in this crazy season? For me, I just – I. It's been, it's definitely been a healing thing. Um, It's definitely been, you know, you don't hear a lot about stillbirths unless you know someone who's been through that. And I, I feel like in a way it kind of allows us to honor Chloe's life because through losing her and, and kind of burying her, I've, I've grown a lot um, as far as like, my just as a person I've grown I've grown a lot and so writing refuge and releasing music that um is from lessons that I feel like both Chloe and God has taught me it's been a it's been a healing process and I think I'm there's no there's such power when we share our stories um and one it I really feel like, you know, we're each put on this earth to connect with people, but also help people to kind of like connect to God in a way. And so if sharing Chloe's story does that helps us to connect with more people and um, even just help them to connect 
to God in a way. It's that's why I'm releasing music and why I released this song Refuge. And so, yeah, it's definitely been a healing process. I feel like we're able to honor Chloe. I also feel like it her story kind of continues. It just doesn't stop in the in the grave. It continues. And so that I don't know, it just feels good to be able to do that for for her and for for us. After we buried Chloe, um, our son Caden was born. Um, he was born in India. Um, we he was born at the same hospital. Um, we actually worked with the same doctor, um, and oh. so it was an incredibly special time for us. Just to we had so many friends that walked with us through Chloe, and then for them to be able to be there, um, you know, visit us in the hospital when when Caden was born in Calcutta. Um, incredibly special time. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your time in Calcutta. Uh, I, I feel like that's a very big topic because you've been there for so long. I know that Chloe was a big part of that. But I also know that as soon as I saw Calcutta, I was like, Mother Teresa, like that's that's yeah. what everyone <laughs> yeah. everyone does. Um, and then I was reading more. I was like, okay, so you did music and all that sort of stuff there. Yeah. Um, and as I was thinking of that, I was like, well, I wonder how like your life there and your experiences there um, even before Chloe and through like mm-hmm. actually – shapes I don't know like how you viewed God and his church and people like that because I imagine <laughs> sorry this is my privilege yeah. showing I imagine life in Calcutta is very different to life yes. in America yeah um, so North America yeah so it's I mean it's completely different um and usually when you say Calcutta people's first idea is Mother Teresa which is like she has an incredible story and 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 the work that she started there is still going um there's you know she you can actually go where she was buried and um you know the sisters still have homes there and they take care of just a lot of needy people um but for us calcutta is um so much more than that um Mm -hmm. there's you know we we were there for so long so obviously we have um, extremely good friends and, and family there Actually, the during that season of of Chloe, um, the church that we attended, we the pastor's wife is just she's basically like like family to us, and so she was actually in the room with us when Amanda delivered Chloe, um, and she stayed with us overnight, and so Calcutta is just a huge part of our our hearts and our lives. Um, I really do believe Eastern culture, and and in India. Um, they do community so well, and so not every not every culture is perfect. Um, but I I like to think that we've taken the best of each, like our our Western culture, North American culture, and then our Eastern um, culture, and just the time that we've been there, and kind of applied it to how we live. And so I think some of the some of the greatest lessons that I've learned um, is how to do community well and how to do relationships well um, with people in India. We would have friends that would just lay down their lives for us. And and during that, that season with Chloe, we really saw people do that. Um, 
and just go above and beyond. Living in India, living in a different culture, we did pick up the language. Um, and so that kind of just adds to my view of the world. <laughs> like it's so, mm-hmm. people live so differently. Yeah, it's just given me a just a wider world view. But one thing that I will say is that I always feel like in a Western mindset, our relationship with Jesus is personal. We usually kind of take it as like, this is my thing. In a Indian culture, um, you kind of look at it as like, hey, we're in this together. Um, and so wow. when you think of even just the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't start off saying my father who art in heaven. It says our father. Um, and so they learning that of like, hey, we're following Jesus together. We're doing this together. We're doing life together. Um through the thick and thin, through the good and the bad. And so that's one of the one of the biggest takeaways that I've had um, from living in India for that, that period of time. Can you tell me a little bit about how your love of music started? Because yeah. I, I know I saw Berkeley and I was like, wow, that's, yeah. wow. And yeah. it's like it's carried yeah. you and it's, it's been part of your life in Calcutta and what mm-hmm. you and your wife have done. Um, can you tell me, like, how old were you when you first started being like, yeah. man, I love music. I want to do this with my life. Yeah. So I, um, so like I said, I grew up in church. Um, father was, is a pastor. And so you get kind of thrown into it as far as like, <laughs> yes, I was um, saying. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if you can sing even just a little bit or play a little bit, like you get thrown into it. Um, yes. I will say I never got bitter about that. I actually enjoyed it. Um, and so, I, I think I had my first solo, I think I was five, and it was a Christmas Christmas cantata or Christmas musical at a church. The best, and, yes. Yeah, so, like, and, I mean, I look back at, like, the church that we grew up, they put in a lot of um, effort into, like, different Easter musicals and Christmas musicals, and so, you know, I was, <laughs> you, you grew up kind of just doing that and being in an Easter cantata when you're dressed like someone from the Bible time singing some, <laughs> yes. some ridiculous, some ridiculous song. I think I have a I have a video of me and I'm I don't know I must have been five or six, but I'm actually being held by Jesus in the musical. <laughs> so it's like, so it's amazing. Like, yeah, it's like the I have to find it because again because it's like it's just the oddest thing. But anyway, so best. I grew up I grew up singing in church and I loved it. In 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 high school, I went to a small high school. I had I had music teachers and 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 actually my my art teacher was the one that really encouraged me to apply and audition for Berkeley. Um, and so just through grade school and through high school, I kept with music. You know, I would lead worship at our youth group. We had a small youth group. And so like, we didn't always have musicians. And so like, sometimes I would literally put on like a CD and we would worship to the CD and I would say, I'm leading yes. worship tonight and you press play and you, so I, I mean, amazing. Yeah. So like, you grow up doing like, I don't know. I think yeah. in church you grew up doing super awkward things and you look back and you're like, I can't believe I did that. And you think so they're like, normal time, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, completely. <laughs> um, yep. And so, yeah, so I I grew up um, singing in church, singing in high school. Um, my art teacher and my guidance counselor at the high school that I went to really encouraged me to audition and apply for Berkeley. Um, I was applying to like some smaller Christian schools and you know, went to their music programs and just didn't feel like it was right. And so then once I got into into Berkeley, um, just, yeah, I just kind of went full in. I studied music business and that's, it's really funny to me because I have friends who have graduated from Berkeley now and they've studied music business, but I would have finished in 2008, 2007. And so what I studied is so is so different. The music industry is so different now. So it's like yes, completely different, like the education that they're getting. It's been really great to be able to use just like that, that passion of music throughout, like it hasn't stopped. And so in India, we, we taught at a music school and really got to work with a lot of great musicians. And I mean, in India there, I, I was in, um, I was in a jazz trio with two other teachers. And so like. It gets better. I love this. 
just super cool things that I've gotten to be able to be a part of. Um, and I mean, you wouldn't think there's a jazz club in Calcutta, but there is, and it's super cool. Of course there is. Incredible, incredible musicians there. Um, and so, yeah, it's been really neat to be able to, to carry that love and that passion for music through the different seasons and different phases of, of my life. Should the dawn come with wings Or find me far side of the sea There your hand still fastens me Ever closer to your heart And now a quick break from our conversation to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high quality royalty free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curator playlist, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects. This is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now back to the show. How has your style of music and composing changed from your time at Berkeley to now after all these years in Kolkata and working with so many different instrumentalists and musicians from different cultures and backgrounds? Yeah, um, I will say like education is great. Like the music education I got is incredible. I don't think I fully grew as a musician until I, <laughs> I don't know, experienced life a little bit. And so that that has really kind of shaped the way of what I want to write about working with different musicians and even just like a lot of musicians I worked with in in India like they're just really great friends and then just knowing their stories and knowing their backgrounds it just kind of shapes you know music and 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 just like writing music it's just it's a different way to communicate than talking and I think it's so much well received than you know, if I'm just going to go up and talk to someone. And so I always think about, okay, what do I want to communicate through this song? Or what do I feel like through these lyrics or even just this melody? Like, what message do I want to communicate? You know, working with musicians in India and, and here just kind of adds to that and knowing people's stories and knowing people's backgrounds and just a lot. I, I do enjoy writing with, with people. And so writing with people who have a depth to them, I guess, um, and kind of challenge you a little bit as a writer. It's just a real, yeah, it's just a really, really cool thing. You've been home, sorry, when I say home, I mean North America in very loose terms. Um, You've been home for a few months now. Have you guys experienced any culture shock? Because you lived in Calcutta for so long. Yeah, I think there, and like between... The years that we were in Calcutta and in India, like we did visit North America and it they weren't long trips. This would probably be the longest that I, we got back in May. So however long that's been up until now. Yeah, um, that's, that's a fair stint. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it, there's definitely, um, you know, you miss the way of life in India. You miss, um, we lived in probably one of my favorite ne- neighborhoods I've ever lived in. It was called Hindustan Park in Calcutta. And it's just filled with like a lot of cafes, a lot of, um, you know, little shops. It's definitely a walking neighborhood. And so it's like, 
you just kind of miss um, miss that. And so like here, I have to get in my car and drive places. In India, there's so many different ways of transport. Walking, um, you take these little things called autos, which are three-wheel little cars. Oh, so cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. There's I mean, there's Uber in India, in Calcutta. And so there's different ways. And then, of course, like the like our friends and our, our, our I, I say family in India, even though they're not blood family, but our family in India, um, you know, you're always, your house is filled with people. And um, in our Western mindset, our house is like our sanctuary. And so we kind of guard that a little bit. And like we, we schedule people to come over. We schedule like, okay, I'm free in like two weeks. So come over. In India, it's not like that. It's like, hey, I'm outside your door. Come on in. Like we're having tea, we're having chai, we're having snacks, yeah. or I don't have anything. Let's go walk to the market and get it. And so it's, um, you you literally do it's life for people. Like, like, <laughs> so like I like without sounding too crass. Like the only time you don't see a person is like when you're in the bathroom. Otherwise, like you have. That's like, amazing. You, otherwise, you're just surrounded by people. Um, which is, it's great. And then if you are a little bit more um, reserved, like you do find those times where it's like, you just have family time and you just have, um, but it's also really special to have people in your house all the time and um, to be able to, you know, do life with people from all different backgrounds, from all different faiths, all different beliefs. Um, I think that's a really special thing to be able to do that. And so here I miss here in North America like I definitely am missing that and like we're trying to you know kind of find our rhythm of how we can do that here how we can without looking too weird as far as like do you want to come over oh man yes (laughs) yeah so oh I can appreciate that and I mean it's even less like of a gap for me only like because I've lived between America and Australia North America and Australia and even then it was a bit of like a what what just happens where am I so um the 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 change just coming he, like back to North America and being like wait what like people talk yeah. differently here and have different <laughs> attentions and expect things and you're like yeah I just I could appreciate that that would be like a what just happened <laughs> so yeah like, um can you tell me refuge is your first single can you tell me what's ahead for you musically what people can expect what they can get excited about so i mean so i have um this project is about a five song ep that we'll put out and it's basically about that season where we lost chloe um i don't know if you you know avalon they're um yes yeah so jody mcbriar came out to calcutta two years ago um And he volunteered two weeks of his time, worked with us at the school, did some things at the church, at the jazz club, he did some things. And so basically I got this opportunity to to record in in Franklin um, and he basically produced the vocals and helped produce these songs um, that will be coming out on the EP. Um, And so we recorded them at super cool studio, Dark Horse Recording Studios in Franklin. And it's, I mean, really intimidating for me because the last time I recorded like I'm in I'm in a bedroom in Calcutta surrounded by mattresses and like we have to stop (laughs) when the dogs are barking and so like just a really special thing to be able to do that and I've grown up listening to Avalon and listening to Jody and um so this this EP should be out um everything should be out by November the next song that we're releasing from it is called Chloe's Song and um you know it's just a song dedicated to Chloe the other thing that we have in the works is, um, do you remember Plus One? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so I do. Nathan, so Nathan Walters um, was in that group. He's an incredible producer and musician. So I'm actually going to be working with him that um, we're writing writing music. And um, and it what we're doing is we're going to highlight an Indian artist. So the artists and musicians that we work with in Calcutta we'll basically do kind of like a collaboration, um, kind of just like a um, East meets West type of song. Um, the best, so, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's um, kind of in the works uh, for later uh, later on and probably the beginning of, of, of the year we'll be doing that and um, going to take, going to try to take a trip back to India with Nathan so he can meet 
some of the musicians and um yeah so i'm just i'm excited um you know recording music has always been something that's been on my heart and that i wanted to do i think going to india i laid that down and just was like you know i don't maybe it's not going to happen and then just to see it kind of full circle come around where you know jody mcbriar from avalon came out to calcutta and worked with us and now i'm talking with nathan um walters about working on some music and highlighting some indian artists and musicians um so yeah that's that's kind of what's in the works for um the near future i'm sick of your So something I do at the end of every podcast episode is ask my guests some random quick questions because it's fun, just okay. like I haven't asked you enough questions already. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I feel like this is a funny question because you've already collaborated with like one of your icons from Avalon, but okay. who would you like to collaborate with, anyone alive or dead, if you could have been music? Anyone alive or dead? Um Oh, I would say, I would say, actually, I would say Stevie Wonder. So like I, yes, yeah. yeah so I, um, here's a fun fact. So I, it, at Berkeley, I was in like a, a Stevie Wonder ensemble. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. It's so I love, yeah. So I, I loved, I loved it. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. Stevie Wonder. Brilliant. Of all the albums that you own, uh, which one is the most iconic that you keep going back to? It would probably be Coldplay, Yellow. Um, Solid choices. Yeah, so that would be the one that I would go back. I do continue to yeah. go back. I I also read somewhere that you're a Josh Gorell's fan. Is that right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love um, love his writing. Um, I, I, I mean, I saw him, this would have been a few years ago. But oh, it's cool. Just yeah. a really, oh, just a really cool production that they put on um but yeah so I love his music I love I love how he writes yeah so he's yeah he would also also be someone that I would love to collaborate with or just gain some songwriting wisdom from yeah Stevie Wonder Josh Girls either way it's a win really yeah yeah, either way (laughs) um if you could go back to say like 2008 Mm-hmm. ish um, and you was like in the middle of your degree at Berkeley mm-hmm. and you're sort of like I've got no idea what the future holds I really want it to be music but you're probably not even anticipating it's in Calcutta of all places yeah what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now be patient and be super flexible in every in every situation yeah I think we're yeah. we always want to rush things and um we always have our set kind of like this is how it's supposed to be um and so if we're flexible if we allow that you know shift or that change in different things it helps when we're flexible and then when we're just patient it always helps come down from your mountain your high-rise apartment tell me of the god you know who bleeds what to tell my daughter and I failed to feel her heaviness with peace. Well, I've got no answers for hurt knees or cancers, but a savior who suffers them with me. Singing goodbye on Olympus, the heart of my maker. Spread out on the road, the rocks and the That was our new friend, Zach. I hope that you were moved by his story 
that you really enjoyed the hard-fought for wisdom that he had to offer and that you really appreciated the beauty that he's created from something that's just so tragic. Thank you, Zach. You're an absolute champion, and I'm so glad that we could feature you on the podcast. If you guys would like to connect with Zach, go for your life. You will find him on social media at Zachary Daniel Ray. The link will be in our show notes. You can also pick up Refuge and Chloe Song now on iTunes and on all streaming platforms. The link will also be in our show notes below. Thank you guys again for joining us this week. It is always a privilege and a delight to share this with you wherever you are in the world. If you would like to connect with me on social media, that would also be the best, genuinely. You can find us at Between You Me Pod on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can find us at BetweenYouAndMePod.com online. That's where you'll find the archives for all our previous episodes and some more details about me and stuff like that. We also have a link to merch on there if you'd like to pick any up because who doesn't want Amy Grant on a t-shirt, right? I know. That's all for this week. Thank you guys for waiting through the hard things with me and for being willing to fight for what's right. It is a privilege to know you. I will see you in two weeks when we have an amazing Australian poet. See you then. Even when the answers don't come Even when the storms still remain I will trust you, Lord And praise your great name Even when the answers don't For listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to JesusWire.com.